Hello everyone, happy football Friday. It's a beautiful day here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am uh, by myself today, so we'll uh, get this thing rolling relatively quickly. Uh, we had a bunch of games. Maction is back. Um, we had Maction games on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we had two more games last night. Uh, Conference USA battle and a Sunbelt mega matchup. Um, so let's get those recaps for you, and then we'll talk about some uh, the Monday night game and Thursday night game from the week. College news, we got uh, trade deadline talk, <clears throat> along with some ins and outs, and then uh, we'll get you to our picks for the weekend's games. Uh, Ball State on Tuesday, beating Kent State 27-20, 5-4 Cardinals now, looking toward uh, trying to secure a uh, MAC East title. Uh, John Paddock for the Cards, 26-41, of 63.4%. 254 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Colin Schlieve for Kent State, uh, 25 of 41, 61%, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, great ground games for both teams here. Carson Steele, uh, Ball State's best player on offense, 29 carries, 192 yards, one touchdown, and one catch for eight yards. Marquez Cooper was uh, not too shabby himself for the Golden Flashes, 32 carries, 168 yards, 5.3 average, one touchdown, and one catch for minus four yards. We had 100-yard receiver in this game, Ball State's wide receiver, Jayshon Jackson, 10 receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown. But I also want to note Kent State's wide receiver, Jayshon uh, Poke, Pokey, uh, 13 receptions, crazy good game for him, 87 yards on those. A lot of short throws there. Defensively, I have to go with Ball State linebacker Cole Pierce. 12 tackles, 9 of them solos, 1 sack, and 3 tackles for loss. Ball State plus 7, under 62. The other game on Tuesday night, another MAC game here. Ohio crushing Buffalo 45-24. to What a night for quarterback Curtis Rourke for the Bobcats. Uh, 20 of 29. 68.9%, 317 yards, five touchdowns, passes, and a pick to go along with six carries for 45 yards. Uh, Buffalo's quarterback Cole Snyder, 25 of 49, 51% completion, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, he also had a fumble, so not a great night there. Two turnovers for uh, the Bulls quarterback. Buffalo, uh, Bobcats safety Cam Dorsey, uh, they list him as a safety on ESPN, not sure if he's running back safety, but uh, 12 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown. He was your leading rusher in the game. Um, and then 100-yard receiver on the night here, Ohio wide receiver Sam Wigloos. Uh, six receptions, 131 yards, and two touchdowns on the night. Uh, also scoring twice, Ohio wide receiver Miles Cross, four catches, 18 yards, and two touchdowns. Defensively, a lot of great performances here. Got to go with uh, Buffalo safety Keyshawn Cobb, though. Four tackles, two of them solos, one pass deflection, two QB hurries, and a 26-yard pick six.
Ohio plus two and a half over sixty and a half. Wednesday night action: Central Michigan getting it done against NIU, keeping their uh, bowl hopes alive. Thirty-five to twenty-two over the Huskies. Nevin Kremaskoli uh, for NIU: thirteen of 39.4% completion. 158 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Three carries for 15 yards and a fumble. Central Michigan, uh, they played two quarterbacks. Daniel Richardson got injured, but he went 13 of 22, 59.1% completion, 150 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, Central Michigan, their other quarterback, Jace Bauer, three of four, 75%, 36 yards, 14 carries, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. So great performance on the ground by Bauer once Richardson was out of the game. Uh, leading rusher in the game, however, was NIU's running back Harrison Whaley. 20 carries, 136 yards, and one catch for three yards there. Lou Nichols uh, for Central Michigan. The Chippewas running back had 28 carries, 92 yards, but he had two fumbles. Uh, luckily for the Chippewas, it did not cost them the game there. Leading receiver in the game, Huskies tight end Tristan Twos. Uh, three catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. And then uh, my defensive player of the game is Northern Illinois defensive end Isaiah Green May. Um, five tackles, one solo, and a 57-yard fumble return for a touchdown. Also have to mention Central Michigan linebacker Kyle Moretti. Uh, nine tackles, four solos, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown in the end zone. Uh, Central Michigan... Plus six, over under 57 pushes. The other game on Wednesday night, Bowling Green gets to five and four. They are uh, seeking a Mac East uh, title as well. 13 to nine over Western Michigan. Uh, Trayson. Borget for Western Michigan, uh, 16 of 27, 191 yards, one touchdown, a pick, and uh, seven carries for 29 yards. Uh, Ball State is in the West, by the way. I got that one wrong last uh, on the first game there. Ball State is in the MAC West. But anyways, uh, for this game, yeah, Trayson Borget. Uh, Matt McDonald for the Bowling Green Falcons, 23 of 31, 74.2%, 161 yards, and a fumble. Leading rusher on the night, Western Michigan running back Sean Tyler, 26 carries, 93 yards, a fumble, and one reception for zero yards. 100-yard uh, receiver here, Western Michigan wide receiver Corey Crooms, eight receptions, 151 yards, and a touchdown. Uh Defensively, I got to go with Western Michigan corner Ken H. Kenny H. Lovely. What a name there. Seven tackles, six solos, one sack, and three tackles for loss. It's crazy that Bowling Green won the game considering all the stats pretty much favor Western Michigan. Western Michigan plus five. They did cover, however, uh, under 48 easily. Last night, uh, Rice getting it done. Close one, 37-30 over UTEP. The Owls, 5-4, five, five wins for the first time, I believe, since uh, 07 it was. Um, I'd have to 
check on that. But, uh, yeah, great game for Rice, especially T.J. McMahon, their quarterback there. 21 of 31, 67.7%. 334 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, 10 carries for 23 yards, and another score. Five wins for the first time since 2015. So I was a little bit off there, eight years. Uh, UTEP, Gavin Hardison got injured in this game, but 8 of 18, 44.4%, not very good. 103 yards, a touchdown, 6 carries for 11 yards. Uh, UTEP's backup, Calvin Brownholtz, came in and did a pretty nice job. 7 of 10, 70% completion, 56 yards, 8 carries for 64 yards, and a touchdown. Leading the way on the ground in this one, Rice running back Juma Odoviano. Otoviano, uh, six carries, 65 yards. And then uh, 100-yard receiver in this one, Rice wide receiver Bradley Rosner, six receptions, 142 yards, and one touchdown. Defensively, I'm going to go with uh, UTEP linebacker Cal Wallerstedt, 10 tackles, five solos, one sack, one and a half tackles for loss, and one QB hurry. Rice covered, minus 3.5, over 47 easily. 67 in this one. Great game here. Coastal Carolina, 8-1, Chanticleers, 35-28 over App State. Chase Bryce for the Mountaineers, 19-28, of 67.9%, 279 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Eight carries, 22 yards, one touchdown, and a fumble. Uh, Grayson McCall was dinged up all night in this one, but he played through it. 18 of 26, 69.2% completion, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, his backup, Bryce Carpenter, played a lot in this one as well. Completed his only pass for 31 for a 31-yard touchdown and uh, also ran eight times for 30 yards. The ground game, however, was not very prevalent for either team. Reese White for Coastal led the way, nine carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Uh... Receiving-wise, Coastal wide receiver Sam Pinckney was your leading receiver in the game. Four catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Coastal wide receiver Jared Brown, also a great night, all-purpose night for him. Five catches, 79 yards, and three carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, um, I think I'm going to go with uh, App State linebacker Jalen McLeod. Six tackles, three solos, one sack, one and a half tackles for loss, and one QB hurry. Coastal plus three, under 64. And that was by one. All right, NFL Monday Night Football. Browns crushing the Bengals in Cleveland. Jacoby Brissett for Cleveland here, 17 of 22. 77.3%, 77.3%, 278 yards, one touchdown, six carries for 12 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. Uh, Joe Burrow did not have a great night. Uh, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but uh, two turnovers here. 25 of 35, 71.4%, 232 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, and a fumble. Nick Chubb was great on the ground for Cleveland. 23 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns, and one catch for three yards. Uh since he couldn't get much going on the ground at all, uh, Amari Cooper had another great night for Brown, the Browns as well. Five receptions, 131 yards, one touchdown on seven targets. He also threw a pass, and it was an interception. 
defensively, a lot of good stuff here, but I have to go with Miles Garrett for the Browns. Uh, two tackles, one solo, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, uh, one pass deflection, and four hits on Joe Burrow. Uh, the Browns plus three, over under 45, pushed. Last night, Thursday night football, yes, the best team in the NFL, the still only undefeated team in the league, 8-0 Philadelphia for the first time in franchise history. 29-17 over the Texans in Houston. Jalen Hurts returned home, Houston native, uh, to a great game, 21 of 27, 77.8%, 243 yards, Two touchdowns, nine carries for 23 yards, and a fumble. Davis Mills for Houston, 13 of 22, 59.1%, 154 yards, two touchdowns, two key picks in the second half uh, that led to Philly scores, uh, or one score and a the end of the game, essentially. Three carries for 18 yards for Mills as well. Damian Pierce was great all night uh, for Houston, 27 carries, 139 yards. I wish he would get some... Receiving looks, though, to boost his fantasy numbers, but 13.9 isn't a terrible day. Uh, just couldn't get in the end zone for Damian. Miles Sanders, also a good night for Philly. Uh, not good enough for my roommate's bet, but 17 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown for the Philly running back there. Uh, Dallas Goddard, tight end for the Eagles. He led the game in receiving eight receptions, 100 yards even, and a touchdown on nine targets. And uh, defensively, have to go with Eagles defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. What a night for that man. Seven tackles, six solos, three sacks, three tackles for loss, and three QB hits. Just dominant up front, uh, especially against Kenyon Green, the rookie left guard for Houston out of A&M. Uh, Texans did cover, though, plus 14, over 45 hit by one. All right, college football news. We actually have quite a bit. Uh, Auburn, they have named their interim head coach, obviously, Brian Harson fired. Uh, their interim head coach is former Buccaneers running back Cadillac Williams. Um, great to see him getting a chance as a head coach. And we'll see how he does in his short stint as Auburn's interim head coach. Uh, Georgia, bad news here. Linebacker Nolan Smith, he's out for the year. Torn pectoral muscle. Um, so, big loss for Georgia's defense. But they do get Jalen Carter healthy uh, for this game. So, should be good there. Former Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards has a new job. He is heading back to ESPN where he previously served as an analyst. He will be an analyst for the NFL and college football. So uh, Herm Edwards sticking around in the uh, college game sports media there. All right, we had the NFL trade deadline on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we had a record day, 10 trade deadline deals on deadline day um so let it let's get to it here first one up the vikings massive trade they acquired tight end tj hawkinson a 2023 fourth round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth round pick for uh from the detroit lions for a 2023 second 
and a 2024 third. Um, so massive gain for the Minnesota offense, the second best record in the NFC at six and one. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a great thing for TJ, uh, was having a pretty good season with Detroit and has had good seasons in the past, but, uh, Lions loading up on draft picks for next off season, trying to get, uh, their roster turned around, which probably starts with a new quarterback. Um, the condition of the 2024 fourth round pick, it is a fourth round pick unless the, uh, Vikings win a playoff game. If they do that, then it will go to a fifth round pick. This is, that was the, uh, fleece of the trade deadline. The, uh, bears. Acquiring wide receiver Chase Claypool from the Steelers for a 2023 second-round pick. I absolutely love that the Steelers got a second-round pick. I thought that was crazy good value for Chase Claypool. Um, and the Bears fans were saying, oh, it's okay. It's the Ravens' second-round pick that we got for Roquan Smith, but it's not. It's Chicago's original second-round pick, so it should be pretty high. Um, the Steelers are already going to have a high second-round pick of their own probably. So the Steelers should be in a good position to get uh, some quality draft capital out of this trade. The other Steelers trade going down on deadline day, they acquired uh, not wide receiver, corner. Corner William Jackson the third and a 2025 conditional seventh round pick. From the Washington Commanders for a 2025 conditional sixth round selection. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a good deal. Big salary coming over from Washington. But uh, I think it's a, a good option for Pittsburgh. Needs some secondary help. And uh, he has played relatively well. I believe he played under Terrell Austin um, in Cincinnati. So, love to see if he can get back to that kind of level that he was in Cincy. The Dolphins making two splash trades here. They acquired linebacker Bradley Chubb in a 2025 fifth-round pick from the Denver Broncos for a 2023 first-round pick, uh, which is the 49ers pick, going to be late in the first round, more than likely, or, or at least middle of the first round uh, at the worst, probably. But uh, the Dolphins now do not have a first-round pick uh, with theirs being vacated uh, or forfeited because of the tampering with Tom Brady there. Um, and the Broncos also acquiring a 2024 fourth-round pick and running back Chase Edmonds. So Denver trying to find some help there in the backfield to upgrade over uh, you know Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon possibly. The Jags making an interesting trade, acquiring wide receiver Calvin Ridley um, from the Atlanta Falcons, suspended for the entire 2022 NFL season for sports betting. Um, they traded a 2023 conditional fifth-round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth-round pick. Now, the fifth-round pick next year... Uh, 
that will become a fifth round pick if Ridley is reinstated by a certain date that was set. Otherwise, it is a sixth round pick next year. Um, and I think the more intriguing one, though, is the 2024 fourth round pick. So the Falcons get a fourth round pick and it's at its base. They get a third round pick if Ridley hits certain playtime milestones. And they get a second if the Jags sign him to a long-term deal. Um, so, yeah. Could be worth as much as a 2023 fifth and a 2024 second for Atlanta. Uh, so, interesting trade. I love the uh, creativity behind it for both teams. And uh, we'll have to see how that works out in the next couple of years. The Dolphins' other trade they made, they acquired running back Jeff Wilson Jr. from the Niners for a 2023 fifth-round pick. I think it was a good trade for both sides. Wilson was getting less and less work as McCaffrey got more and more. Um, and also, you know, they needed a running back to fill Chase Edmonds' slot. Mike McDaniel knows Wilson from his time in San Francisco, so they have Mostert and Wilson, former Niners running backs, on the roster there together in Miami now, getting the whole Miami or the whole 49ers offense back together um, there. Uh, yeah, I like this trade. I think it's a good one. The Broncos, they acquired a defensive end, Jacob Martin, and a 2024 fifth-round pick for a 2024 fourth-round pick. Good trade all around. The Jets had a surplus of pass rushers, um, and the Broncos needed to fill the spot left for Bradley Chubb. So uh, they get Jacob Martin, a quality backup pass rusher that has some upside uh, in to grow. The Bills going in on it. They acquired running back Naheem Hines from the Colts. Four running back Zach Moss, former second-round pick, uh, or former third-round pick, I think it was, and a 2023 conditional sixth-round pick as well. So the Bills got a great value here. Worth a lot of money, Naheem Hines is. Um, $8 million a year he's getting. But... Uh, yeah, I think it was a good trade for Buffalo. They needed a pass catching back to supplement um, Devin Singletary in the run game. I'm excited for my fantasy team getting Hines there. Was going to trade him away being on the Colts, but uh, not doing that anymore. So, And Moss gets a fresh start in Indy to see if he can make something of a, a pretty paltry career to this point couple other uh, lower-level trades here at the back end that just snuck in under the deadline. Uh, the Falcons getting corner Rashad Fenton from the Chiefs for a 2023 conditional seventh. Um, was weird that the Chiefs would trade away a corner considering their secondary is already not very good. Um, but they got one. They, they traded one away, and uh, we'll see how they hold up against some of the passer, better passing teams in the league. But anyways, Fenton, nice uh, deal for the Falcons. They needed to shore up their pass defense uh, to go opposite of A.J. Terrell 
and I think they did that with this trade. And finally, the Bills doing another deal, uh, getting one done with the Falcons to acquire safety Dean Marlowe from Atlanta for a 2023 seventh. Um, pretty good deal for both sides. Marlowe not really involved defensively for Atlanta, and uh, the Bills just trying to get some insurance for Jordan Poyer. Micah Hyde already out for the year, but uh, Poyer dinged up with his elbow injury, so... Uh, Marlowe looking to play some defensive snaps for Buffalo. That was it. Those were all the deals. A lot of great deals going down. A lot of draft picks changing hands. And uh, no more trades until the offseason. So we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens there. But uh, one more thing on the trade deadline. Brandon Cooks was a big topic of discussion Packers, most notably, living here in Wisconsin. Uh, Packers fans were just uh, hurt, <laughs> I guess is a good word to say, uh, that they did not acquire Brandon Cooks or any receiver for that matter. No, that was a big topic of conversation. But the reason why Brandon Cooks didn't get traded, there were multiple teams involved and uh, apparently interested but because he's guaranteed $18 million fully guaranteed next year, the price tag was too high in terms of draft pick compensation uh, that the Texans were asking for uh, for that salary coming up. So they were asking for a two and a four. Um, and again, like I said, the salary next year was a big issue. Why? Cooks is still a Texan and didn't play last night, but I think he probably will play uh, the rest of the season. Just like Cam Akers in L.A. Uh, but uh, NFL news-wise, the, some general stuff here. Starting off with, uh, on a somber note, three uh, deaths this week in the NFL family. Uh, Adam Zimmer, son of Mike Zimmer, former Vikings head coach. Uh, Adam was a assistant for 16 seasons with different organizations. Um, died at age 38, so gone way too soon. Uh, from what I hear, he was a fantastic gentleman um, and will be missed greatly. Uh, also passing away, 49er, former 49ers GM, uh, and grandfather of Rams head coach Sean McVay. John McVay has passed away at 91 years old. Great career in San Francisco. They even named their draft war room after him, the John McVay draft room. Um, so, yes, great GM for San Fran, and I know highly beloved in these, uh, the Bay Area there. And then finally, former Raiders punter Ray Guy has died at age 73. Uh, obviously the namesake for the best punter in college football award, the Ray Guy Award, uh, as well as the only punter ever to be taken in the first round. Uh, he is now with his GM that took him there. Raiders, former Raiders owner uh, Al Davis there. They are together, I'm sure. Uh, in heaven, but um, yes, Ray Guy gone. Uh, 
And uh, a couple other <laughs> bad things happening here. Uh, former Chiefs assistant coach Britt Reed, son of head, Chiefs head coach Andy Reed, um, sentenced to three years in prison for the incident uh, that occurred a while ago. Drunk driving, speeding, hit two parked cars, uh, resulting in a five-year-old girl's su- suffering serious brain injury there. So um, it's a tough time for the Reed family, but... Uh, it sounds like justice was served um, when you consider the age of the little girl that was hurt, the severity of her injury, and um, how fast he was going and uh, his blood alcohol level there. So, uh, the Colts. They not only have benched quarterback Matt Ryan, but now have a new offensive coordinator. They have fired offensive coordinator Marcus Brady. I have not heard any update on who is going to fill his place. In the interim, I would have to think that head coach Frank Reich will take over play-calling duties for quarterback Sam Ellinger and the rest of the offense. Going to be tough uh, the rest of the season. Jonathan Taylor already ruled out this week as well. Deion Jackson getting a start. No Naheem Hines in Buffalo now with the trade. Uh, The Panthers. Big news at the trade deadline. Uh, The Rams had offered two first-round picks for defensive end Brian Burns, and the Panthers said, nah, fam, we're good. He is a stalwart. We're going to keep him. We're going to extend him in the offseason, and I think they will. Uh, key piece on their defense, so Brian Burton stays a Carolina Panther for at least the rest of this year. Uh, big news for the Commanders. Uh, they have hired Bank of America Securities to consider potential sale of the team. So Dan Snyder possibly finally going to be gone uh, as owner of the Commanders. We'll have to wait and see how everything transpires, however, on that front. We're also looking forward uh, to what's going to transpire with the Commanders. On the court side, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office has opened a criminal investigation into the Washington Commanders' alleged uh, financial improprieties Cooking the books, essentially, is what I heard it was. Uh, So, yeah, securities fraud, etc., tax evasion, whatever you want to, you know, get into there. But uh, looking forward to seeing what that investigation turns out, considering it's the U.S. attorney and not an internal investigation. Uh, Some... Activations here off IR, NFI, and PUP. Ravens getting some help, uh, not just in the form of newly acquired linebacker Roquan Smith, but they're also activating linebackers Tyus Bowser off of IR and rookie second-round pick David Ojabo off of non-football injury coming off the torn ACL last year uh, with Michigan. So uh, 
really good news for that Ravens defense coming up against the Saints on Monday night. Dolphins, they activated offensive lineman Austin Jackson off IR. The Bills did the same with corner Tredavious White off of Pup. Uh, the Chiefs activating rookie first-round corner Trent McDuffie off of IR. The Commanders, they opened defensive end Chase Young's practice window, activating him off of IR. So definitely a big help coming down the line for the Washington Commanders there. And then the Falcons activating running back Cordero Patterson off of IR as well. Being placed on IR, Dolphins offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg. Eagles rookie first-round defensive tackle Jordan Davis. We saw how massive of a loss that was last night. Damian Pierce gashing the Eagles defense for most of the game. Um, we'll have to see if that continues. I hope not, uh, especially because Jordan Davis is going to miss at least one key game, uh, which is going to be the Titans game. I am very Scared for Derrick Henry coming down the pike, but um, it is in Philadelphia, so I'm not as scared if it, as if it was in Tennessee. Uh, and then also Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman, he is out for the season, placed on IR, uh, Liz Franck surgery, so terrible season for him. A uh, couple injuries and not much production there for Bateman. Speaking of injuries, Bengals corner Chidobi Awuzie is out for the year. He has a torn ACL. Uh, did that on Monday night there. Uh, the Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr. He has a high ankle sprain. Likely going to be out for the year. His initial uh, timeline is 8 to 10 weeks. Placed on IR. Uh, that's why they went out and acquired TJ Hawkinson from Detroit. Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith. He is uh, still about three to four weeks away from practicing. Um, Cowboys VP Stephen Jones announced there. Uh, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas. He is out for the year. He has a dislocated toe. I believe he's going to have to have surgery on that. Ins and outs, Bill's safety, Jordan Poyer, he is out. He is week-to-week uh, -week with an elbow injury. Like I said, the Dean Marlowe trade helps that out just a bit. Um, Jets wide receiver Corey Davis dealing with an MCL sprain. He is also out, as is Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, as I mentioned there. Uh, Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard, he is out again this week. Uh, so Deontay Foreman getting the lead carries there. Rams, good news for them. Wide receivers Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson are both in. They will play. Uh, Bengals corner Mike Hilton, he is out with a finger injury. Newly acquired Chiefs wide receiver Kadarius Toney, he is in. He is expected to play on a Sunday night for his new team, Kansas City. And finally, the Chargers wide receivers Keenan Allen, Dealing with a hamstring and wide receiver Mike Williams dealing with an ankle injury. They are both out. Look for Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter to be the lead two receivers for L.A. And some transactions. The Seahawks waived corner Sidney Jones. He cleared waivers. He is now a free agent. Uh, the Dolphins signing a newly acquired linebacker Bradley Chubb to a massive extension. Five years, $110 million. 63.2 million guaranteed max value of 111.25 million um 
And he is now tied to the team for six years, $119 million total. So great deal for Bradley Chubb. And uh, good job on the Dolphins getting that deal done quickly after acquiring him. And finally, the Cardinals getting a defensive boost here, signing linebacker Kamu Grugier-Hill, big defensive player for the Texans, their leading tackler this year. So we'll have to see where he slots in in Arizona. College football pick standings. Yeah, we all went 18-6 and six somehow. Uh, Logan went 1-2 and two on his lone loss. He got Kansas State right uh, over Oklahoma State. But he lost Texas Tech against Baylor and uh, Pitt against UNC. Uh, and then... I lost my only lone wolf, Penn State, against Ohio State. Mark also went 1-2 and two in his lone wolf's Wake Forest. Um, losing to Louisville. And he got UCF right. They upset Cincinnati last week. Um, and then he lost on our FCS game of the week. He lone wolfed Montana. Um, So that was the loss that, uh, that was the last loss that Mark had there. Um, So yeah, this week we're same standings here. Mark and Logan tied at the top at 191 and 71. I am six games back still, 185 and 77. This week, uh, tonight, there's three games. We're focusing on one here, the big matchup in the Pac-12. Number 23, Oregon State at Washington. Uh, The Huskies getting four at home. Look, I'm lone wolfing the Beavers. I just believe if it was in Corvallis, I'd feel a lot better about this pick. But it's in Seattle. Um, I still feel like the Beavers can get it done. It's Friday night. It's not a Saturday game. I think some weird things happen when it's not a Saturday game. Oregon State's going to go in. They are ranked in the CFP for the first time, I believe, in their team history. So give me the Beavers on the road. They go into Seattle and beat Washington. Um, They should be saying, you know, we're the dogs. We're the ranked team, and we're underdog on the road. Yeah, give me the Beavers on the road here. Over-under here is 53 and a half. Um, I'm going to go over that, I think. This one is 10.30 tonight on ESPN2. Tomorrow, number two, Ohio State, 38-point favorites at Northwest Northwestern um, in Evanston, Illinois. Um yeah, Ohio State's going to roll pretty easily over Northwestern. Um, I really don't have much to say about this game. It should be a nice uh, stat stat stacker for uh, C.J. Stroud. Over under here is 55 and a half. I'm going to go over on that. And uh, 12 p.m. ABC. 
Texas Tech at number seven, TCU. We're all on the Horn Frogs, and why wouldn't we be? They're at home, um, and Texas Tech coming off a tough loss to Baylor. I think uh, TCU continues to roll. Max Duggan and Co. Um, as long as they stay healthy, I don't think they'll have an issue. Look for Quentin Johnston to have a great game in this one. Uh, over under his 69. I don't think it goes over, however, um, on that. 12 p.m. on Fox. Number 17, North Carolina at Virginia. Uh, UNC getting 7.5 on the road. I think Brent Pry is going to have something up his sleeve for the Tar Heels coming into Charlottesville. But uh, I just think Drake May is on a different level right now, and Mac Brown's got the Tar Heels rolling. Give me the Carolina Blue, and we are all uh, Carolina Blue NCs up here. Over under here is 60 and a half. Uh, I had to go over. UNC doesn't have a defense, but they keep winning. 12 p.m. ACC Network. Number 19, Tulane at Tulsa. The 7-1 green wave going into Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I mean, green wave. Michael Pruitt's got it rolling. The, the defense is playing outstanding. Tajay Spears in the running game is going well. Uh, why not the, the green and white here? Over-under is 56. I got to go under. That green wave defense is something else. And uh, 12 p.m. on ESPNU. Big Ten matchup, Maryland at Wisconsin. Uh, I think Wisconsin is just still so fluky. Uh, Maryland really doesn't have a defense. But if Talia Tagavalo is playing, yes, they will win. I mean, that's just a fact, even against the Jim Leonard defense. So give me uh, the the Terps on the road in Madison. Um, I think Roman Hemby has another good game, and uh, Talia Tagabaloa, hopefully he's playing in this one. Otherwise, I'd probably lose. Over-under is 49. I got to go uh, under that total there just by a little bit and this one's 12 p.m big 10 network baylor at oklahoma <clears throat> mark lone wolfen the baylor bears here on the road in norman uh i just think the that logan and i are on ou because dylan gabriel has played fantastic and the games that he hasn't been in oklahoma has looked like crap so he will be in this game Blake Shapin played well last week against uh, Texas Tech, but Richard Reese has to be the guy to get the Baylors there, and I think it's going to be a, a close game, but I think Oklahoma just has too much offense for Baylor to keep up with um, in Norman. Over-under here is 61-and-a-half. I'm going to go over that one. 3 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. This is the big one. College game day will be in town in Athens, Georgia. Uh, SEC on CBS. Number one, Tennessee at number three, Georgia. Logan is lone wolfing the volunteers on the road in Sanford Stadium. Look, the dogs are the dogs for a reason. 
They have a defense. Nolan Smith out for the year, but they have Jalen Carter now healthy. It's going to be a dog fight. And uh, I think Stetson Bennett has the swag. Brock Bowers is an elite playmaker. They're going to use the tight ends a lot against the Tennessee linebackers, and they're going to run the ball effectively so that Hendon Hooker does not get that many possessions. And they're going to keep it away from Hendon Hooker. I think that is how Georgia wins, and they get stops when they need to. Go dogs, And uh, it's going to be a battle, boys. Over under here is 65. It's going to go under. George is going to keep it under. 330 CBS. SEC on CBS. Pac-12, number 8, Oregon. 31.5 points on the road at Colorado. Yeah, this isn't going to be a close game. This is like an Ohio State's game against Northwestern here. Colorado is so bad. Uh, both Colorado teams are, them and Colorado State. But, uh, yeah, Buffaloes are going to get filleted in this one. Ducks are going to have a good day. Bo Nick's going to throw for a bunch of yards and touchdowns. Over-under is 63. I'm going under that, however. I think they, they don't score 63 by themselves. 330 on ESPN. <clears throat> Number 15, Penn State at Indiana. Uh, the Nittany Lions coming off the devastating loss to Ohio State, playing three good quarters and not playing a complete game. Um, so they're going to have some revenge and they're going to get it here, uh, in Bloomington. So uh, give me my boys on the road here, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, go wild and run all over the Hoosiers. Over under is 50 and a half. Um, I'm going to go over in that one. 3.30 ABC. Michigan State at number 16, Illinois. Uh, I am shocked that Logan is lone wolfing the Sparty on the road at uh, in Champaign. Look, Chase Brown is the dude, uh, and they got him absolutely rolling. Michigan State does not have the defense to stop him. Uh, I don't know if they cover 17 because I feel like that's a lot, but Illinois gets the 8-1 and one in my book. Roll Illini. Over-under is 40-and-a-half in this game. I have to go with the over in that one. And a 3.30 on Big Ten Network. Number 18, Oklahoma State at Kansas. I'm kind of shocked that Kansas is favored in this game. I don't know the status of Jalen Daniels. But, um, yeah, Oklahoma State came off a terrible loss to Kansas State last week. 48-0. to they're going to get revenge in Lawrence, Kansas this week. Uh, take it out on the other Kansas team, uh, apparently, for Oklahoma State. So Spencer Sanders will have a bounce-back day. Daniel Richard, uh, Dominic Richardson and the ground game and the Oklahoma State defense stands up, whether Jalen Daniels plays or not. So <clears throat> give us the pokes on the road here. Uh, Over-under here is 63. I'm going to go over. In that game, three thirty FS one. Number twenty Syracuse at Pitt. 
Mark is lone wolf in the Pitt Panthers here at home uh, as the favorites at home here. Syracuse coming in off two straight losses to Clemson and Notre Dame, who play each other this week. But uh, I think they have enough in the tank. Sean Tucker, Garrett Strader, if he's healthy, um, they get the win in Pittsburgh there at Akershore Stadium. Number 25, UCF at Memphis. Yes, the... Knights ranked for the uh, first college football playoff poll this year. Uh, yeah, they're going to go in. This should be a fun game. I just think John Rice Plumley and the Black Knights offense there will uh, will get it done on the road. Tough game, but uh, yeah, UCF wins a close one. Over-under is 58.5. I'm going over on that one. And uh, 330 ESPN 2. Big matchup in Conference USA. UTSA at UAB. Um, the reason why this is so big. Uh, it's actually. <laughs> I thought it was bigger. Uh, UAB was doing well in conference play. They're only 2-3. and 4-0 UTSA. But UTSA is trying to. Stay there and uh, get home field advantage for the Conference USA Championship game. I believe they're a conference who uh, does not have a neutral site. So, yeah, UTSA trying to get that home field over UNT right now in the CUSA race. It's a pick em game, and we're all going with the Roadrunners on the road. Yes, Frank Harris <clears throat> and company, Zakari Franklin, they should get it done. I believe in that roadrunner offense and the defense is playing well also. Over under is 52. I'm going over there. And uh 3 30 p.m. no network attached. Stream it somewhere. Liberty, seven and one Hugh Freeze at Arkansas. <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to go with Liberty, but it's on the road in Fayetteville, and I just think the Hogs are having a, a really good season. It seems like they're not, but uh, they are 5-3. and three. They're right in the thick of, uh, you know, trying to get one of the upper, mid to upper level bowls here. So uh, they could become bowl eligible with a win against the Flames here. And as you can see, we all think they will. It's just the SEC against Liberty is going to be too much for them to handle. Over under 61, I'm going over for this game. 4 p.m. SEC Network. Navy at Cincinnati. Uh, the Bearcats coming off a loss to UCF. Need to get back on track and i think they will navy has been terrible this year they've had some bright spots but it's not going to be enough to go into cincinnati and win uh everyone's on the bearcats here and ben bryant over under is 44 i'm going to go over on that game 4 p.m espnu South Alabama at Georgia Southern. This is a big one uh, in the Sun Belt 
South Alabama three and one in conference play. Georgia Southern two and two. Uh, Southern trying to get up to compete, uh, trying to stay in the hunt there in the Sun Belt East. USA trying to stay with uh, Southern Miss and Troy in the Sunbelt West race with only one loss in conference. Logan Lone Wolf and the Eagles at home um, in Statesboro. I've been on the Jags all year, and I think they're going to continue to win. I just love South Alabama. Uh, Their quarterback, Carter Bradley, is playing lights out. And uh, so is their running back, who got a who had a massive day last week, Ladamian Webb. So give me the Jags on the road. Mark and I are on them. Over under is sixty one and a half. I'm going to go under in that game. Four p.m. ESPN Plus. Troy at Louisiana. I mentioned Troy. They are leading the Sunbelt West right now by a half a game. Four and one in conference, and uh, I think we all think they're going to get get it done on the road at Louisiana. Louisiana has not been the same team since Napier left for Florida, and uh, Troy, however, has been very good um, with their quarterback Gunnar Watson and uh, Jarrett Deggy, who has had to play as well. So. Yes, give me the Troy Trojans on the road here over the Raging Cajuns. Uh, Over-under in that game was 43. I'm going to go over that, uh, 5 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. This game, and I forgot to switch out the logo here. That's mo- that's my bad. But uh, number 6, Alabama at number 10, LSU. Um, Bama, I just think that it's Bama. And they've only lost once in like the last eight to LSU, uh, which was 2019 championship team with Joe Burrow. So, yeah, it's a night game in Death Valley, but I just do not think Brian Kelly will be able to beat Saban in his first year. Over-under is 56 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go over that in this one. 7 p.m. ESPN. Number 24, Texas at number 13, Kansas State. Mark Lone Wolf and the Wildcats. I'm surprised it's not Logan. He's been on them most of the year. Um, But, yeah, I just think Texas has the better team. That's why they're favored on the road. Not sure if Adrian Martinez is going to play in this one. He didn't last week. Will Howard played the entire game at quarterback. Um, but I just think with Bijan Robinson running the ball, Quinn Ewers is the better quarterback, whether it's Martinez or Howard. Um, and also, I think the Texas defense has played very well this year in a lot of games. So give me the horns on the road. Total here is 54 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go... Over on that one. 7 p.m. FS1. BYU at Boise State. Logan Lone Wolf and the Cougars on the road. Um, Yeah, I just think that uh, Boise has played very well. Tailing Green 
uh, has been lights out at quarterback, and they've got the defense playing well also. So, <clears throat> night game on the blue turf uh, in Boise, Idaho is going to be a tough place to play. BYU knows all too well how that kind of environment is with their home team in Provo. Um, but, yeah, I just think Boise State is going to path the destiny toward another Mountain West title, and they're going to get it done over a decent BYU team that has failed expectations this year. Over-under is 54-and-a-half. I'm going to go under. I think the, the Broncos and the, and the Cougars play defense in this game. 7 p.m. FS2. Number two, Clemson at Notre Dame. Logan again, lone wolfing the Irish at home. Um, yeah, when Clemson plays Notre Dame, it usually does not turn out well. Clemson has crushed the Irish in the last couple of meetings that they've had, and uh, I don't think it's going to be any different here. Notre Dame has played well as of late, uh, winning, I think, four of their last five. A big-time win over Syracuse last week at the Dome. But I just don't think Dabo Sweeney is going to lose to Notre Dame. Uh, so I believe it's going to be DJ at quarterback. That's what Dabo has said anyways. So give me the Clemson Tigers here. Give me the defense. The defense is really what I expect to play well here in uh, South Bend. And against Chris Pine in that running attack for Notre Dame. Over-under is 44. Uh, I'm going to go just under. However, I could see a situation where it pushes at 24 to 20. And Clemson covers. This one's 730 NBC and Peacock. Number five, Michigan. At Rutgers, um, yeah, it's not going to be pretty in Jersey for the Scarlet Knights here. Michigan coming in. I expect Blake Corum to go off once again. J.J. McCarthy will do enough in the passing game, but their running game is going to go wild. Um, so, yeah, give me Corum 200 yards here in this game. Over-under is 45. <clears throat> And I'm going to go over that 7.30 Big Ten Network. Arizona at number 14, Utah. The Utes at home. Yeah, I think they're going to be good here. Um, top 15 ranking in the CFP. Arizona played USC very tough last week, but that was at home, not on the road. It's on the road. Night game in Salt Lake City. So, yeah, give us the Utah Utes here. Um, the over-under is 67. Ugh, that is crazy high. Um, so I'm going to go under that. I do not think they can score enough points to, to hit that mark. 7.30 Pac-12 Network. James Madison at Louisville. Um, yeah, it's a night game in Louisville, Kentucky. But um, <clears throat> if Todd Santeo is playing for the Dukes, 
I like my chances. I think JMU has a great team. They're trying to stay in the Sun Belt East standings, um, trying to keep pace with Coastal and uh, the rest of the two lost teams, which is Georgia State, Georgia Southern, and Old Dominion. But uh, need this win uh, to, to keep their overall record and to become bowl eligible in their first season in the FBS. And it would be a massive program win for JMU. I think they can get it done. Like Malik Cunningham, but I, I love the Dukes. So give me JMU on the road in an upset. Over-under is 52.5. Let me go over. A lot of points scored in this game. 7.30 ESPNU. Number 21, Wake Forest at number 22, NC State. Very shocked. Logan is lone wolfing uh, the wolf with, a, as Mark calls it, a crock pot on the top of his head. He's lone wolfing NC State wolf pack there. I think Mark and I, look, Sam Hartman is very good quarterback. He's going to be the best quarterback in this matchup. I think NC State found something last week when MJ Morris stepped in for Jack Chambers, who has been very bad. And they came back and won after being down 21 points. Um, so I think MJ Morris will probably start for NC State. But I just think the Sam Hartman offense, they're not going to be able to be stopped. And uh, Wake Forest gets it done on the road. Over-under is 54. I'm going to go over on that one. 8 p.m. ACC Network. Cal. Cal at number 9, USC. Yeah, the Trojans should have a great game. Coming off a close one against Arizona. They're back home for this one. Cal on the road I don't think will have much for the Trojans. USC rolls pretty easily in this game. Over-under is 60 and a half. I'm going to go under. Cal's not going to be able to score enough to help USC out. 10.30 ESPN. Number 12, UCLA at Arizona State. The Bruins uh, had a nice win last week. I believe uh, they played last week. I believe they did. Uh, I just cannot recall... Who they got it done? Uh, yes, beating Stanford, rolling Stanford there. So looking to keep pace in the Pac-12 with only one loss there uh, to Oregon. So yes, they will get this thing done. Interim head coach for Arizona State. They've played better, but Emory Jones is not DTR. Over under is 66. Uh, I'm going to go over on that one and 1030 FS1. Last FBS game here, Colorado State at San Jose State. Uh, I mentioned that both Colorado teams in college are just trash, very bad. I think uh, Chevin Cordero had a nice bounce back game last week after the injury against Fresno. San Jose State gets it done. Uh, they crush Colorado State at home here. Go Spartans. Over-under is 45. 
And uh, I think I'm going to go with the over in that one. 10.30 p.m., no network attached, so you got to stream. FCS game of the week, number two, Sacramento State. At number five, Weber State. Uh, the Hornets 8-0 for the first time in program history. Uh, look, I know another team that's 8-0 for the first time in their franchise history, uh, and so I'm going to continue to roll with that team uh, just like I will here. Sacramento State, yes, the Eagles are the other team I'm talking about. Uh, Sacramento State, I think, has a great offense. Their defense plays well, um, and Weber while having back-to-back really tough matchups against Montana State and uh, Montana, I just think they will not be able to get this one done at home. Um, Sacramento State will be able to win it um, on the road here. So give me the Hornets. Logan Lone Wolfen, the Wildcats at home for the number five squad in the country in FCS. This game is at 3 p.m. on ESPN Plus, so make sure you catch that one there. NFL pick standings. Yeah, Logan, what a sterling record he had last week. 11-2, and two, absolutely on fire. Um, I... Went nine and four. Mark bad week seven and six. Mark went zero and three in his lone wolves. Uh, Colts losing to the Commanders was very close. He almost had it, and then Taylor Heineke happened at the end. Um, the Rams they lost to the Niners, and then the Giants lost against the Seahawks. I went uh, one and two. In my Lone Wolves, um, I lost the Panthers. They lost to the Falcons. Lost the Lions. They lost to the Dolphins. And then uh, I did get the Saints. They beat the um, Raiders in New Orleans. Uh, and then Logan went 1-0 on his Lone Wolf. Got the Broncos right in London last week. We're in sync for a lot of the picks this week. Uh, to start off here, Panthers at the Bengals. Unfortunately, I can't do it again. Panthers this week are in Cincinnati. They're coming off a bad loss to Cleveland. So they need a bounce-back game, and I think that's what's going to get them back above 500. unfortunately, for Carolina's sake. But, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow has a tough day. The Panthers' defense is playing very well. If uh, P.J. Walker can find some openings in the Bengals' secondary and the line helps protect them, I think the Panthers will have a chance in this one. Um, but I ultimately think that the talent of Cincinnati gets it done on offense. Over-under here is 42-and-a-half. Um, go under. Chargers at the Falcons. Yeah, we all got the lightning bolts up there. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Chargers cover this one in Atlanta. Falcons coming off a big win to get to first place outright in the uh, NFC South. 
but uh, they're going to come crashing down. Chargers are going to get them, get the 5-3, and three and make their season look a little bit better at this point. Over-under is 49. Let's hit the over button. I think this is going to be points galore um, in Atlanta. Old-school Falcon shootout. Dolphins at the Bears. We are all on the fins. Yeah, the Bears have been playing a lot better as of late. And I think they'll have a lot of opportunities to run on this Dolphins defense. That's what I'm hoping for, at least with Khalil Herbert now on my fantasy team. But um, I think what's going to outweigh it is that the Bears defense isn't going to be able to stop anyone. Um, and so that's the the Falcon. The Dolphins defense is going to get some stops, especially uh, with Bradley Chubb there now. And I think the Dolphins offense will just crush the Bears secondary. Tua has a great day along with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Over-under is 45 and a half. I'm going to go uh, under that. I don't think the Bears score enough to get it over. Packers at the Lions. This one kind of scares me. We're all on Green Bay. Maybe I should have lone wolfed the Lions again to the second straight week. But I just do not see Aaron Rodgers losing to Detroit, um, especially with how bad their secondary is. But uh, So I think Aaron will have a nice day. The run defense should not be there for the Lions either. So Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and co. Packers get it done and uh, try to salvage their season. Over-under is 49-and-a-half. And I'm going to go over that game. Colts at the Patriots. No one wanted to take a shot on Sam Ellinger this week like Mark did last week. So uh, we're all on New England. Mac Jones uh, looked decent in the Jets game last week. The defense really showed up. And I think that's what they'll do again this week. The, the defense and the running game for New England is going to be too much at home for the Patriots. Over-under is 40 and a half. Uh, give me the under. Again, they're going to run the ball a lot, uh, I think, both teams. So, clock's going to be running. AFC East matchup. Bills at the Jets were all on the Buffalo Bills here. They looked outstanding against the Packers until late uh, when Allen threw two interceptions. But regardless, I think Buffalo still has got uh, a lot to like. And um, they're going to shut down Michael Carter, force Zach Wilson to throw the ball and make mistakes like he did against New England last week. Over-under is 46. I'm going to go over in that game. Vikings at the Commanders. We are all on Minnesota. They should roll. William Jackson, no longer a member of Washington. So that is just one less corner to cover. The likes of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and co. Uh, so, yes. Give me the Vikings. Give us all the Vikings and their passing attack with newly acquired TJ Hawkinson playing tight end. Over-under is 43.5. And, uh, and I am going to roll with um, the over in that game. Raiders at the Jags. Mark is lone wolfing the black hole here on the road in Jacksonville. They are the favorite team. 
Uh, kind of surprised they're favored. They're a half game better than the Jags, but Jags let me down in London last week. They need I need them to give me a pick me up this week. So uh, Jags at home, I think we'll get it done. Um, Trevor Lawrence has a bounce back game against a pretty bad Raiders secondary. Over-under is 48. Give me the over. It's going to be a shootout in Jacksonville. Seahawks at the Cardinals. We are all on Seattle. No one wanted to take a shot on the 3-5 and five Cardinals who are favored at home. Uh, that's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, I think Seattle coming off a massive win over the Giants last week in Seattle will go on the road to a divisional opponent, and they will get the win. Kenneth Walker runs wild over the Arizona defense. Geno Smith has DK uh, a little bit healthier in this game, as well as Tyler Lockett, and they can throw the ball on the Cardinals' poor secondary. Over-under is 49. Uh, I'm going to go over. Yeah, I think it's. I think it goes over. Uh, the Cardinals are going to score just not enough. Not, not enough to, to win. Rams at the Bucks. Now, this is where I think both of these teams' season is going to either turn around or fold. Going to three and six for Tampa Bay would be disastrous. Three and five for the Rams wouldn't be too bad, but three and six, three games below five hundred, is is pretty bad. I am lone wolfing the LA Rams though um, on the road just because when you look at these teams, they're very similar. Uh, older quarterbacks in terms of Brady's age. He is father time um, <laughs> because he's so old compared to everyone else in the league. But um, I just think the team who runs it the best in this game will win, and I think that will be the Rams because Cam Akers is coming back, and he will have something to prove to the Rams and to everyone else that did not trade for him even against the tough Bucks run defense, I still think LA can run it well enough. They also are getting Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson for this game against a beat up Bucks secondary. So yes, I believe the LA Rams will be able to win this game and salvage their season to get to five hundred. Over under here is forty two and a half. I'm going under. This will be a defensive game. Sunday Night Football, Titans at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are getting 12.5 at home. And, yeah, we're all on the arrowheads here. Look, the the Titans, in a normal world, this would be a very close game. The spread would probably be somewhere at, like, 3 or 4. And uh, we would get a nice, uh, entertaining game. But I don't think that's how that's what's going to happen. Now, Derrick Henry might run wild like he usually does in games, but... The Chiefs, if they're smart, will will load the box because it's not so certain that Tannehill's going to play in this game. He didn't play last week. Titans still won, but they're playing a one five and one Texans team, a one four and one Texans team. This week they're not. They're playing probably the second best team in the AFC in the Kansas City Chiefs, and you know 
Malik Willis has to throw the ball if he does start this one. And if he doesn't, the Chiefs are going to load the box and they're going to win. Look for Kadarius Toney against the Titans secondary. See how much he plays in this one. Over-under is 46. I'm going to go uh, over on that one. Actually, under. Just under. 45. Give me 45. One point under there. 820 NBC. Best bets of the week. Uh, one and two last week after a 3-0 and showing the week before. Uh, lost the Jags minus 2.5 against the Broncos in London. They uh, lost outright. The Steelers, plus 11 at Philly. They lost by 22. And uh, did get the Vikings right, minus 3.5 against the Cardinals. So that was nice to see anyways, to keep my record right at 500. 11-11-2 on the year. So this week I'm going with the Chargers, minus 3 at the Falcons. I love that line there. I think uh, that's an easy push at the worst. Um, and love Justin Herbert, even without Allen and Williams, I think they can get it done in Atlanta. The Dolphins minus four and a half at Chicago. Uh, yeah, again, I, I like the Dolphins and I think their offense is going to be the difference in that game. The Bears, no Robert Quinn, no Roquan Smith on defense is going to be a struggle all day to, to play that Dolphins offense. So like that five point plus win for Miami. And then I'm going back to the Vikings well on this one, minus three at the Commanders. I just think the Vikings have the totally better team, better quarterback, and uh, they're going to throw a lot, I think, on Washington this week. Lock standings, yes, I lost one. Uh, I am now 500, two games back of Mark, who continues to be dominant in our lock standings. Logan got his right as well, so he is a game up on me, one game back of Mark. Uh, locks for last week, Mark and Logan went with the Titans. They got it done over the Texans uh, in Houston. And then uh, I lost the Jags at home uh, as the home team in London against the Broncos, unfortunately. So this week, um, Logan and I are on the same page. We are on Minnesota to beat the Commanders. Love that play there for us. And then I also do like Mark's play. Dolphins, uh, lock of the week over the Bears in Chicago. Dog standings. While Mark is the pinnacle, uh, uh, at the pinnacle of the lock standings, he is at the uh, lowest point. <laughs> of the mountain in the dog standings four and 12 mark is uh close to the number one overall pick there uh oh and two once again uh logan and i two and oh uh i have a pretty good record at 11 and five logan nine six and one there so um last week uh logan got his right plus two and a half at the jags in london for the Broncos, they won outright, and uh, the Commanders won outright as well in Indy. I had them plus three, um, and then the Mark had the Jets plus two and a half against the Patriots. They lost by about seven. Uh, I think was the seven or eight was the final score there. 
So this week, Logan and I, just like the locks, we are in lockstep uh, with our dogs. We are on the Jags plus one and a half against the Raiders. Um, yeah, again, I think Trevor Lawrence has a bounce back performance after throwing some some bad interceptions against Denver and uh, has a good day against that Vegas secondary there. Marcus on the Seahawks plus two at the Cardinals. Look, I like that one. I hope Mark can get the win here. We were all on Seattle, and uh, Mark should go 2-0, and hopefully, to try to start coming back on his uh, dog standings there. So next week, we'll be back talking uh, NFL Week 10. We will have the uh, recaps from the Monday night games, the Ravens and the Saints, and the Thursday Week 10 kickoff game, Falcons at the Panthers. Uh, Of course, we'll also give you all the NCAA and NFL news and uh, game previews. NFL and college. And we do have some action next week, so we'll give you those game recaps as well. We got six action games on Tuesday and Wednesday, and we got two more college games on Thursday as well. We'll talk about those more on Monday's show. But thank you all for watching. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcasts on Instagram and Twitter. FAA underscore bets on Twitter as well. FAAPodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Thank you all for watching, and we will see you back on Monday.